black-led to Christianity. There's a growing tribe within the larger Christian world today of what we might call red-letter Christians. In fact, there's even a US-based organization that calls itself by that name. But there are many others who may not formally affiliate with that organization, but who, in practice, emphasize the red letters of Scripture, that is, the words of Jesus, over its black letters, that is, the words of other biblical authors. I recently listened to a Christian podcaster talking about his personal theological shift from complementarianism, that is, the theological belief that the role of pastor is reserved for qualified, called men, to egalitarianism, that is, the theological belief that all roles in the church are open to men and women alike. And in describing the shift, he emphasized that while he was raised complementarian, he eventually came to the point where he struggled to make sense of the restriction in light of Jesus' teaching, and particularly the Sermon on the Mount. And eventually, because he could make no sense of the restriction, he embraced an egalitarian reading of Scripture. Now, strikingly, at least as far as he explained it, his shift had nothing to do with understanding and interpreting Paul's writings where that issue is directly addressed. For him, everything needed to be interpreted in the light of Jesus' words, most particularly the Sermon on the Mount, where, incidentally, Jesus never addresses leadership roles in the church. But this emphasis on the words of Jesus, and usually on the Sermon on the Mount, is typical of red-letter Christians. The Red Letter Christian Organization styles itself as a group of Christians, quote, taking the words of Jesus seriously, end quote. The website reads, quote, staying true to the foundation of combining Jesus and justice, Red Letter Christians mobilizes individuals into a movement of believers who live out Jesus' countercultural teachings, end quote. Now, while Christians should certainly be committed to living out Jesus' countercultural teachings, there's something concerning below the surface of red-letter Christianity. Red-letter Christians tend to elevate the words of Jesus above other scriptures. They may claim to affirm the authority of all scriptures, and certainly the podcast I referenced earlier would affirm scriptural authority. But in practice, they tend to sideline other scriptures as if Jesus' words carry more authority than, and perhaps even contradict, those other scriptures. Now take an extreme example. One article on the Red Letter Christians website is titled, Progressive Christians Can Embrace Paul Too. And the writer contrasts the quote-unquote conservative tendency to champion Paul with the disdain that quote-unquote progressive Christians often have toward him. And while he tries to steer a line between these two extremes, he cannot help undermining Pauline authority. He writes, quote, Paul falls short of our current progressive demands, end quote. And while he says there is still good to salvage in Paul, and while his writings can prove useful, there is much in Paul that is alarming. The writer dismisses several of Paul's epistles, like Ephesians and Colossians, as probably not written by Paul, which immediately removes the tension one might feel when reading them. Nevertheless, there are still what he calls issues that exist in Paul's genuine letters, and he says, quote, we must remove some theological weeds that tangle Paul's genuine message, end quote. For this writer, Paul sometimes, though not always, falls short. And he concludes, quote, Paul is not perfect, but the Bible is filled with people who are learning to get it right. Some do better than others, end quote. In other words, Jesus is perfect. The human writers of scripture are not and note that the discussion of perfection in this context doesn't pertain to Christ's sinlessness as opposed to human sinfulness. 
The discussion surrounds the inspired authority of the written words penned by the human authors of Scripture. Jesus' words are perfect. The words of the human writers are not. Another article openly rejects the notion of biblical inerrancy, claiming that the Bible itself rejects the doctrine of inerrancy. Now, that's not to say that we cannot learn from the Bible. The author says that in the same way that children who early in life think that their parents are perfect, discover as they mature that their parents are fallible and yet can still learn from their parents, so maturing Christians will discover the flaws in the Bible and yet still be able to learn from it. Now, this is typical of red-letter Christians who are comfortable dismissing scriptures that do not come from Jesus' lips. Now, the irony, of course, is that even Jesus' recorded words were written by imperfect humans. Jesus never personally left us any writings. For red-letter Christians, Jesus' words in the Bible are good and trustworthy. But the black letters are at least questionable and must be evaluated in the light of our modern understanding of life, the universe, and human morality, and, of course, our interpretation of Jesus' words. Since the Bible was written by men, not by God, We can hardly expect it to speak without error. But since Jesus was more than a man, his words carry real authority. Now, we could assess the flaws of this reasoning from various angles. But I want us to see from the red letter words of Jesus himself how this approach falls short. Recently, one of the elders of our church was reading publicly from John chapter 5. And the red letter words of Jesus at the end of that chapter caught my attention. Listen to the words of Jesus in John chapter 5 verses 46 and 47. Jesus says, quote, For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? End quote. Do you see Jesus' logic here? If you don't believe the black letters, how can you possibly believe the red letters? Jesus considered his teaching to be perfectly consistent with the human authorship of the rest of Scripture, because like him when he taught, those authors were moved by God as they wrote. It is impossible to divorce Jesus' authority from the authority of the rest of Scripture. St. Augustine, I believe, had it right. When he wrote centuries ago, it seems to me that the most disastrous consequences must follow upon our believing that anything false is found in the sacred books. That is to say, that the men by whom scripture has been given to us and committed to writing did put down in these books anything false. If you once admit into such a high sanctuary of authority one false statement, there will not be left a single sentence of these books, which if appearing to anyone difficult in practice or hard to believe, may not by the same fatal rule be explained away as a statement which intentionally the author declared what was not true. In other words, if you undermine the words of Scripture at one point, you can just as easily undermine it at any point. If Paul was wrong about human sexuality, who is to say that he was right about the fruit of the Spirit? If you reject his teaching on church leadership, I can just as easily reject his teaching on the primacy of love. If the Bible is not fully authoritative, it is not at all authoritative. If we believe the red-lettered words of Jesus, we must affirm what he believed and taught about the black-lettered words of Scripture's human authors. We must affirm, in short, that all Scripture, black and red alike, is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, 
for correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The recorded words of Jesus carry no greater authority than the recorded words of the apostles and prophets. We are called to black letter Christianity, which affirms and submits to the full authority and sufficiency of all scripture.